Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks very much for being here. If you are brand new, welcome, welcome. If you are returning, I appreciate you showing up yet again to listen to me chatter in your ear and tell you all the things. And something that I'm going to be talking about this week has to do with my own story about how I went from someone who really struggled to someone who yo-yoed all the time, which also is, of course, part of the struggle, and eventually got to a place where I am at peace and at home in my body. But before I do that, I just want to tell you about a couple of things. If you are struggling the way that I had been, then make sure that you jump into the show notes and click the link for the brand new quiz that will help you learn what your diet personality type is, the personality traits that kind of keep you maybe sabotaging or being stuck or feeling frustrated, not really knowing what to do, or if you are someone who is just super, super committed and yet you keep falling off and beating yourself up and it takes a whole lot to get you rolling again and it's very all or nothing, you want to make sure you take this quiz because not only are you going to learn about your diet personality type, but then you're going to get some information that is actually going to be helpful. This is so much more than just your typical diet advice. This is really information that you can use to start taking steps toward healing these parts of you that keep you stuck and frustrated. So make sure you grab that. And if you are dying to know, Unstuffed, the group coaching program is opening very, very soon. Still don't have a date to announce yet, but I just want to make sure that you know it's coming up. So if that has been on your radar or you want more information about that, make sure that you are following on Instagram, that you're on the email list. All of that is in the show notes. All right, let's get started. As I was thinking about what I really wanted to teach you in this episode, and as I was kind of mulling over my thoughts this week, a theme kept coming up for me around the messages that we receive about intentional weight loss and how confusing it really is. It seems like everyone has something different to say, ranging from it's highly improbable, possibly impossible, to it's all your fault. And if you just take more responsibility for your actions, you could probably do something about it. There are some well-made points along the spectrum as well as a bunch of trash, but I don't believe any camp to be 100% correct, and I have a little bit of experience here. It has been my experience in existing in my own body, we all know N equals 1 is not a scientific thing, right? That's just my own experience. But I've also coached countless people for over a decade. And that has given me some wisdom to know that while all or nothing thinking really does sell, it's rarely the whole truth. And I say rarely, because I'm sure there's some example somewhere that all or nothing thinking is helpful, but I can't think of any. So when I began putting some of my thoughts together, it became clear to me that I just needed to do a series of episodes on weight loss, the nuance around the subject, and give you the information you need to succeed. I am not going to sell you all or nothing thinking. I am not going to teach you something really super sexy that is going to encourage you to get started and do all of the things. 
And I'm also not going to step on your toes and say, this shit's all pointless. Why even bother? This isn't interesting. And just gaslight you into thinking that your goals, your values, the things that you desire or you want are not important. So stay with me. We're going to talk about the nuance around the subject. And I'm going to give you the information you need to succeed, the practical steps, and the emotional, mental, and biological considerations that make this goal of losing and keeping, because let's be honest, we can all lose some weight, but can we keep it off? Keeping it off so damn mysterious. So I'm going to start with a little or mm, a lot about me and my story, how I lost my weight, what I'm working on now, and how I know that I'm going to keep it off for good. If you are someone who has struggled with yo-yo dieting for years or even decades, this is the series for you. If you've ever wanted to lose weight, a large amount or just a few pounds, this is important information for you as well. I had been on diets for as long as I can remember. I was eight or nine years young when I started my first diet and even younger when I realized that my body was something to be ashamed of. I have very clear memories of being just a little teeny tiny girl and being embarrassed by my body, which is still so mind blowing to me. I watched both of my parents though attempt weight loss, succeed for a time and then regain their weight on repeat. And I was acutely aware of the fact that I, a short and stocky little thing, was built just like my mother. I heard things like slow metabolism, bad genetics, need to get this weight off, and a number of other diet talk norms at the same frequency as what's for dinner. <laughs> it was normal in my house. I'd like to say that it didn't impact my thinner siblings, but it did. At least the girls. We all went through body image issues at some level. But what was different for me was the very clear lesson that my body was a problem. It was broken. I drew the short straw and I was going to have to work very hard not to let it get too big. My body, that is. I should be embarrassed of it. And I didn't need to have those words said out loud to me for me to get it. I just knew. You know, when you look back at your childhood and you can start to notice uh, things that you maybe are repeating that are just like your parents, like you I will never be like so-and-so. And then you notice that you yell the same way or you punish the same way or you talk the same way or you joke about the same things. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just like them. Or you look back at your childhood and you realize that there were lessons that you learned that you didn't ever have to be actually taught, but you just knew them almost like it was an instinct or an intuition, something that you just were aware of. Well, that's how that was for me. So throughout my childhood, this belief was of course reinforced long conversations with my dad about what I shouldn't be eating and a few little arguments here and there, trying new diets, weight loss pills and exercise programs with my moms. We bonded over dieting a lot, being teased in school by my peers, but also the people that were supposed to be my friends. And I only had a few, maybe because of that, not because they thought that, but maybe because I had those beliefs about myself that I wasn't really worthy of having a big social circle. And then the teasing and things like that really stopped me from putting myself out there. So when I look back now, I can see how that impacted how I showed up in the world, how I held myself back, how I settled for less in relationships and friendships, and how I couldn't even imagine feeling worthy of the good things that did come my way 
Shout out to my husband who has endless tolerance for the amount of low self-worth and things like that, that I had to overcome where he was just blown away. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean that in a, he saw me in a way that I couldn't see me, which is pretty special and kind of makes me want to cry. So it made me scared. It made me resistant, but also in this weird way, desperate for attention and validation. And so I gave myself scraps. I made some shitty decisions, all of that based on this low self-esteem, low self-worth. I'm not good enough. I need to change my body. Why would anyone pay attention to me kind of narrative? Y'all, when I think about these things, I think about how lucky I am to be in the place that I'm at right now, in the relationship I have with myself, in the relationship that I have with my husband, with my family, it's so different and it really could have turned out the absolute opposite. So I am really, really just so thankful. Now, I don't say this, any of this to get sympathy because like it or not, this is not a special problem to have. I'm not alone. And I know this. I used to think that I was. I used to think kind of as I started to discover a few of these things and I was more aware of them, that I had this weird upbringing, this very diety upbringing and no one else had it like it wasn't any anyone else's issue that I was all alone in this but you know what I was not alone this is common it was common for that period of time in society grew up in the 80s and 90s and it's also common right now today and I don't want this to be like oh my gosh your parents were awful because they weren't and they aren't. I actually have great parents. I have a wonderful family and they met my needs for survival and play and experiences and so much more. This was just one thing that they hadn't done their own work around. And oftentimes when we don't do our own work, we project all of that and gift it to the next generation. It's not on purpose. In a future episode, we will discuss unpacking your diet past and learning to validate your experiences without having to blame and villainize the ones that impacted you most, helping you understand, maybe even bring some empathy and compassion and figure out how to use that information to help you move forward. But for now, I just want to give you that background just to paint a picture of where I'm coming from in the world of dieting. My teen years were filled with quick fixes, fad diets, weight loss drugs, um, that are no longer on the market, by the way, a brief dance with a little eating disorder and sporadic attempts at exercise for weight loss purposes, which is not very helpful. And this pattern carried on into my adult years, minus the eating disorder stint, of course, though there was plenty of disordered eating patterns kind of thrown in there. I would do anything in my power to lose the weight. I remember some of the messed up thoughts that I had, and I remember how painful it was Every single time I thought about my body, every single time I thought about getting dressed, every single time that I thought about, especially going shopping for new things or when somebody would give me something, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So I got a lot of um, hand-me-down clothes and leftover things. And anytime I would go to try something on, I remember feeling nervous and frustrated and a little bit scared that it was going to be too tight and then I'd have to feel embarrassed or I'd have to realize what a problem my body was in that moment, even though overall I already felt that. But each attempt to eat a little less, move a little more, eat a lot less, move a lot more, left me more frustrated and heavier than the time before. In my mid-20s, I discovered calorie and macro counting with the goal of getting jacked, 
ripped. I mean, this was like muscle baby. I was in for it and I loved that shit. For the first time, I finally felt like I found something that I had control over that I could do. I got kicked out of gymnastics. I was a chunky little thing. They didn't want me in dance class. Eventually, they let me back into dance class and I did it competitively. But when I was a little girl, I was just kind of all over the place. And I always felt like I didn't belong. But when I learned about weight training and I started seeing women, muscular women, a different idea, a different narrative from the regular Victoria's Secret and Baywatch and all of that, that lit something up in me. I was excited and I went all in, but that too became an unhealthy pattern of feeling like I was in total control or completely losing my shit with no middle ground. Every mistake that I made was the beginning of the end until I mustered up enough energy and self-loathing to start again. I learned so much in that period of life that I am incredibly grateful for. I look back and I really had some big aha life-changing moments that came along with that experience, but it still wasn't something that was sustainable. I spent so much time wondering what was wrong with me. The me that had done the studying, taken the tests, gotten the certifications, coached people to success, although temporary success, but I kept on failing. It was so embarrassing, so demoralizing, and I knew it was all on my shoulders. I just couldn't seem to get a hold on my weight loss. It would slip through my fingers so quickly, and I really did feel just so powerless against it. I could not figure it out. I knew the numbers. I knew what I had to do, and yet something inside of me, once I would get so far down the scale, would just flip and I couldn't control it anymore. It was like I had no power whatsoever. Toward the end of my 20s, in the middle of that time period, my hormones completely failed. And I always suspected that I had a thyroid condition, which was also something, ironically, that I was told was pretty likely when I was growing up, but I was never diagnosed, even though I was tested because of incomplete testing that many doctors offer. So I had been on thyroid medication for several years when that switch seemed to flip in my body and I completely fell apart. I started to retain water, lots of it. My hair was falling out. I was freezing constantly. I was really unwell. I lost all my strength. It was just, it was a terrible time. But that is a story for another day. The reason I'm including it here today is because at the time I didn't know how vulnerable hormones were to calorie deficits. I knew that people that had thyroid conditions and hormone issues had, quote unquote, a slow metabolism and had a harder time losing weight. But once you got medicated, that leveled the playing field and things like that. But I did not know that when you go into a calorie deficit, your hormones can be impacted anywhere from just a little to a whole hell of a lot, depending on who you are, genetics, how sensitive you are, those kinds of things. So I just want to add that piece of the story because it's relevant to what my experience is and where it kind of led me. And that particular dieting style did not cause the hypothyroidism, though my dieting history, starting as such a young girl, very well may have. But knowing how the body produces and regulates hormones is one of the many factors in why weight loss is such a struggle for many. No one can fully escape the hormonal consequences of dieting, but 
for some, those consequences are much more impactful than for others. That is why these great big calorie deficits, these huge weight loss programs that have you losing weight rapidly and the quick fixes and things like that are so detrimental because they wreck your hormones in addition to a bunch of other things like creating disordered eating patterns and you know regaining the weight is always more unhealthy than just like staying a little overweight in the first place. And overweight is also hmm, a term we can debate. But I don't want to get onto too much of a tangent here. So I'm going to reel it back in. But if you want an episode on weight loss and hormones, shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me and let me know. And I will give you all the goods on that. If that is a episode you want information on, I got you. Over nearly three decades of dieting, I had successfully yo-yoed my way into the heaviest weight I'd ever been outside of my last pregnancy, and I was pretty damn close to that. I was just right there. All of the counting, weighing, measuring, cutting out foods, manipulating, body checking, exercising, starving, striving, and struggling, well, it wasn't for nothing, but it certainly didn't pay off in the way that I had planned. And I shudder to think about the hours upon hours that I've spent reading and researching diets so that I could finally figure out the secret cure to my unworthiness. I mean, honestly, I probably could have been a rocket scientist or something like that, but I digress. I love what I do. During my last failed dieting phase, I had a moment of clarity. I picked up a pen and I began to write, to apologize, to grieve, because I broke up with dieting, I broke up with my food scale, and I broke up with self-loathing. I decided that if this was just never going to work, I needed to figure out how to be a good partner to my body instead of waiting for it to be a certain size and look before I could appreciate it. And I know that doesn't sound like that big a deal to some, but when you have spent decades working towards something, that moment of just being like, I'm done, some of it feels freeing, but some of it feels like you're quitting, you're giving up, you're defeated and you lose. It just kind of sucks. So I decided, no more dieting. I'm going to figure out how to be good to me. And we'll just see what happens. I'm not going to expect my body any longer to be a certain size, to look a certain way before it got what it needed from me. Love, appreciation, and respect. And I started to realize that the happiest I'd ever been in my body had really nothing to do with my size at all. Had to do with the connection to my husband and my kids. Had to do with when I felt more confident, even though I thought that was due to my size. It wasn't. It was my thoughts. It was me being committed to myself that made me feel confident. It was pulling my body up over a pull-up bar after spending years working on it and feeling a loaded bar on my back and being able to reach goals and have strength that... I never knew was possible for me. And so I was already experiencing really wonderful things. And I was letting my food and body obsession keep me from fully appreciating it. And that is not cool, my friends. So I was done. I changed the way I treated myself and I changed the way that I coached clients too. So if I gave up on dieting, then how did I lose my weight? Well, a few things happened. When I stopped counting and obsessing, I started to gain weight. Much slower this time than before, though. It wasn't all or nothing, like it was when I was on a diet, and I didn't have a diet to run to when things got too out of hand. I had to slow myself down. I was experimenting with food, noticing what I liked and what I didn't like. 
I was paying attention to how my body felt. I was imperfect. I was messy, but I knew that I could never go back to dieting. It is amazing when you slow down what you learn about yourself. All of those diet replacement type foods like Halo Top ice cream and cardboard tortillas and things like that, gag. I won't touch them now. But those were my staples back then. And I had really convinced myself that that was, that was good, that I really enjoyed eating them. I did not. Once I started allowing myself permission to eat the foods and notice how they made me feel, notice how they tasted, the textures, all of those things, I realized that a lot of the things that I was telling myself were true were absolutely not true at all. I began writing about my eating experience. I was noticing when I was a little too full, when I didn't want to stop due to taste or emotions. I noticed which foods I tended to overeat more of and started being extra present when I ate them. I slowed down. And when I say I started writing, I just mean in a notebook, in my journal. I just started taking some notes. I decided to be a scientist instead of a judge. And none of this was an attempt to lose weight. It was instead an attempt to really get to know how my body worked when I wasn't interfering with it. I wanted to see how much food it really was asking for and how often. I experimented with portion sizes a little bit for a while because that gave me some framework to adjust from, but nothing was set in stone. I could eat as much or as little as I liked of any food, but I really wanted to do it in a way that was kind to my body. The more kind, loving, curious, and respectful I became, the easier it felt to eat when I was hungry and stop when my body had let me know that it had had enough. This took a long time in comparison to what diet culture teaches, but my weight started dropping, although I didn't get on the scale. I didn't even notice it much at first because I wasn't focused on that anymore. When I say that I had broken up with dieting and I was really committed to being a partner to my body, I was committed to letting my body stay at the weight that it was forever and ever, period. I was done trying to lose weight. Done. I had no idea that this was actually going to do something for me. I had heard stories about people who just stopped obsessing and then the weight just fell off. And I was like, well, good for you. That's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. And I, really, I was like inside boiling and hating them. But for me, that wasn't possible. Remember, I have a slow metabolism. I have hormone problems. I have bad genetics. But I knew that dieting wasn't working. So I was putting all this time and energy and frustration into trying to self-loathe my way and commit my way and discipline my way and willpower my way to this magical place where I would finally feel good enough, confident, worthy. And it just kept not working. I just kept feeling worse. So that is really why I quit. It was not this big, like amazing, oh, I'm going to feel so good and everything's going to be fine. And then the weight will just come off and all the things. No, that was not my story. I was really honestly, genuinely giving up on dieting and the hope that I would ever lose a pound. That was it. I was going to learn to be in right relationship with my body. But eventually I could see that some things were changing for me. I felt some excitement when I noticed that I was losing weight, but it wasn't the same as before. It wasn't this rush. It wasn't a validation of my efforts or my worth. It was just my body responding to my newfound habits 
and my attentive curiosity. I noticed that I had a few meals or days in a row where I was leaving the table too full, and instead of losing my shit or judging myself, I just started asking myself, hey, what's up? Why weren't you paying attention more? Are you avoiding some feelings? It wasn't, and it still isn't perfect, but I lost about 20 pounds that way before I stayed the same for a while, before I hit a quote-unquote plateau, but to me, it wasn't a plateau. It was just, this is where I am now. I'll admit, I was still bigger than I wanted to be because you don't just have decades of dieting brain and not have any judgments whatsoever, but I didn't entertain those judgments when I could hear myself think like, oh, you should lose a little weight or are things moving still or are you still stuck or whatever. I just dismiss those thoughts because again, dieting was not an option. I had accepted my body at 20 pounds heavier and I didn't even question whether or not I should try and lose more through dieting because I had already decided it's a no. I had already agreed I was going to listen to my body and it was allowed to exist in whatever size it wanted to when I was doing my best to follow through with its requests. The end. And then I got my breast implants removed. And something pretty amazing happened. My thyroid numbers greatly improved, for one. My liver was no longer suffering, and it had been for a decade. I, at one point, was diagnosed with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and they didn't really know why. When I got my implants out, I dropped another 10-ish pounds, doing nothing different but listening to my body and meeting my needs, getting curious about any overeating, and continuing to journal. I expect that my implants had a great deal to do with how hard it was for me to get my thyroid numbers in a decent place, even though I've been medicated for ages. And of course, my liver also plays a role in the way that my body and yours metabolizes fat, hormones, all the things. So both of these things had an impact on how easy it was for me and how it easy it is for someone else to lose weight. And that's for various reasons. So taking my implants out was one of the best choices I have ever made for myself. Now, I don't want you to think it was all easy and sunshine and rainbows once I made that decision because it wasn't. I had a lot of shitty thinking that came up for me. I had a lot of doubts and I still do. I have a human brain after all. And oftentimes when I notice that I've overeaten at a meal my brain will send up a siren that tells me that it's all downhill from here. I'm on the fast track to gaining it all back. I've ruined everything. But the biggest difference between that message all those years ago and now is that I can hear it. And I can remind myself that it's not true. That I am not off my diet because I was never on a diet. That I can just wait until I'm hungry to eat again and that I will do the work to ask myself why I might have overeaten in the first place. No drama, no judgment, just getting curious so that I am staying on top of the way that my body is communicating to me. I don't want to be someone that ignores it. And that is how I know that I'll never regain this weight. I didn't lose it. My body let it go when I let it feel safe enough, cared for enough, and consistently fed enough for it to do so. So that is my success story in a nutshell. It's my journey and I'm still on it. I never want to be someone that doesn't stay connected to her mind and her body. I don't want to check out for my experience, but just because this is how it worked for me doesn't mean that it will be exactly this way for you. The fundamentals are the same, 
but there are other considerations. There are a lot of details when it comes to weight loss that need to be thought about. The reason I started with my own story in this series, so don't forget to come back and listen to the rest, is because it contains many of these considerations, but not all of them. You hear all the time that 95% of diets fail, and that's abysmally true, yet we keep on trying. This is the evidence that the weight loss just isn't possible crew uses to discourage attempts at weight loss, and to be honest, they aren't wrong in discouraging it for most people, at least in the way that it's currently being marketed and talked about. Now, the suck it up and do the work crew pushes the narrative that you need more discipline and more willpower, and if you want it bad enough, you'll just skip the cupcake and do the math, but that's not helpful either. It's, it's just not working. But weight loss is not for everyone at any time. We need to be thoughtful about it. We are asking our bodies to do a lot, and what we usually think about weight loss is, I'll go on a diet, I'll get the result, and then I'll be happy. What really happens is... I have a thought that something needs to change and I look for a solution and I buy into a solution and then a bunch of things happen internally and in my environment that dictates whether or not I can easily and successfully stick to the solution that I chose. Biologically, a bunch of stuff is going on inside my body, adjusting and adapting and things like that. And usually what happens is we fall off, we fall away from. We move away from, for whatever reason, for many reasons sometimes, and then we feel frustrated. But weight loss is not something that should be easy for the body. That is biologically something that interferes with your survival. The body does not want you to just lose a bunch of weight so that you can look good in a bathing suit. It wants you to live. And you stored that extra energy, which is what body fat is, Your body believes for a reason. It thinks you need it. So asking it to give it up is a big ask. So we need to make sure that we're not just thinking about diets like it's no big deal, like it's a summer shred and we can just fluff up over the winter and that there will be no physical consequences to that attitude and behavior that the diet industry has packaged and sold you because that's bullshit. So here are some considerations when it comes to what makes a successful and permanent weight loss transformation. Your own internalized beliefs about yourself, your ability to change, and how long you fumble around with misinformation, and maybe there's a lot. Where you are now with your habits and behaviors versus what you think you'll have to do to get the results you want. How big is that stretch between where you are today and where you want to be? Do you have to become a whole new person? And if so, are you going to do that overnight? Probably not. Having a certain set of skills when it comes to making decisions, staying focused, moving your body, shopping for and preparing food, and a whole lot more. Having patience with yourself in the process, knowing when to change something or when to ride it out. Your ability to fully let go of that timeline and embrace human biology as complex because it is. You can't control everything. So you'll need to learn to pause without quitting and get curious. Your health, emotional state, obligations, time, energy, hormones, your social and or family support or lack thereof, knowing how important your intentional thinking is to the process and your ability to 
pivot when needed. How clear you are about the steps you're taking and whether or not they fit in with your lifestyle, preferences, and your personality, your culture, your traditions, all those things. Your body's set point, meaning the weight where it is most comfortable staying without sending up extra hunger and cravings and without major effort needed to stay there, without your energy dropping and without your hormones fluctuating like crazy. And you won't want to miss the episode on this one on set point that is coming up because there is a lot of misinformation, a lot of myths, a lot of frustration around set point, and it's not so binary when it comes to do we have a set point and how does it work? So I'm going to explain a bunch of that. And I've had that question come up several times. So I'm going to tackle that topic and it's coming up soon. How flexible your mindset is, whether you have a growth or fixed mindset will determine your success. If you are active or sedentary and what that means for your biology beyond just calories in and calories out, your hormonal tolerance to change in the amount that you eat insulin resistance, genetics, lots of different things going on biologically, your financial access to healthy food, coaching, and other weight loss supportive tools like gym memberships, doctor's care, and things like that. And that isn't even an exhaustive list, but you can see why it would be easier to either tell people to suck it up and just eat less or to forget about it altogether because, well, it's hopeless. Just because there's a big list though, doesn't mean that everything has to line up perfectly to make progress. I need you to hear this. That is the all or nothing thinking that keeps you stuck. Being informed is not a reason to feel defeated before you begin. There are a lot of reasons outside of weight loss that you might want to address some or all of these things anyway. And liking your reasons and having good solid reasons for changing your behavior are going to be a lot more compelling and easier to stick with than just I want to look better and I hope that I do and I hope I don't have to starve before I get there. So I just want you to think about what other benefits you might have when it comes to supporting your hormones, getting enough rest, getting some social support, things like that, right? And not everything, again, is within your control and I understand that, but some of these things are. The reason you want to be informed is so that you can be a problem solver, a solution finder, and give yourself compassion for the areas that you may not be able to change or change yet. It may just be a matter of time, practice, patience, getting the right information, or finding the right support community. And you don't have to do all the things, but understanding that it's more than just calories in, calories out will help you to not only feel less broken because that hasn't worked for you so far, but it will arm you with the facts the facts that you probably have to do a fuck ton of thought work around in order to not turn them into a full-time job, a compulsive list to box check your way through, or to drive you to drink and say, forget it all. The most successful people that lose the weight they put on through yo-yo dieting, emotional eating, and overeating for various reasons are the ones that put the weight loss on the back burner while they focus on caring deeply for themselves. They aren't apathetic but they're no longer obsessed and holding on to weight loss to offer them the worthiness that is inherent to all of us. And if you have questions about what I mean by that, go back to a couple of episodes again with my number one weight loss tip, because I talk a lot about that. So that is all I have for you today. 
And I would love to know which of those topics that I listed above or any others that you'd like me to cover when it comes to what you need to think about when you're considering weight loss, because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. I'm here to give you the information that you need and support you on your journey. I believe in you. I hope you believe in you too. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to grab the quiz from the show notes and take it so you can learn your diet personality type and get some tools that can help you get started right away. If you love this episode, please do the cool thing and support the show by leaving a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know. Screenshot the episode and share it on social media. Let me know what action you're committed to taking and tag me. All my information is in the show notes. And if you have questions or thoughts on this episode, ideas for future episodes, or if you want to learn about how we can work together one-on-one, drop into my inbox. It's always open for you. Bye.